0: Welcome to the Eat Local Central New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, I'm sitting down with owner of Chick-fil-A right here in Cicero, New York, Jimmer Sikowski. Now, before you grab your pitchforks and start typing what I'm sure would be a lengthy direct message or email to me, uh, please put them down. I understand that Chick-fil-A is a national chain Franchised restaurant And I understand that this is Eat Local Center New York Where we only advocate I only advocate for locally owned businesses And restaurants To go there and experience The uh, excellent level Of customer service And cleanliness And community involvement uh, That Chick-fil-A Constantly provides Is something to be amazed at Especially in the restaurant industry and so I've, all, I've been a longtime fan of Chick-fil-A, and pretty much whenever I drive past one, especially if I'm out of town on a road trip, I'm going to stop uh, if it's time for breakfast or lunch or dinner. And I frequented the Chick-fil-A here in Cicero a few times. As a matter of fact, when they first opened, I talked about it in the podcast, but I grabbed a friend of mine, a client of mine, and we went and sat in Chick-fil-A for about an hour and just observed how amazing their staff were and all the great things that they were doing from their friendliness and customer service to just cleaning everything and making sure that the customer is having an exceptional experience. And I would encourage any other restaurant owner who hasn't been to head up there as soon as possible, park yourself there with your computer for a day, and just see how things are done. Um, Not to say that they are the be-all, end-all, but they do have... Such an amazing perspective on the industry. Not to mention the many things that Chick-fil-A does in communities all across the country. The fact remains that Chick-fil-A brings in more dollars and revenue throughout each year than McDonald's or Burger King or Taco Bell or Wendy's or any other restaurant that's in the fast food world. And they're closed on Sundays. So this is a restaurant that does things so well that they bring in more money and yet they're closed 52 days a year compared to their competitors. A huge shout out goes to the crew over at IBU Brewery in Dale because they let me come in and set up shop for an hour and sit down and talk with Jimmer. So thank you so much. IBU has long been and still is one of my favorite breweries. I'd say top three in the area. And if you haven't been out there, get out there soon. They have some amazing food trucks that come out frequently. Old Coast is one of my favorites. Um, Chef for Rent is out there quite often. Deanna and her crew are putting out some, some of the best tasting food off of a food truck in Syracuse hands down without question and so Deanna and her team have been out there more than a few times with Chef for Rent so go over and follow IBU on Facebook or Instagram and you can see uh, what their food truck schedule is going to be but definitely go out there and check them out again huge shout out to them for letting us use the space for the podcast without further ado, here is my conversation with Jim Sikowski of Chick-fil-A. I wanted to talk to you because, A, I'm familiar with Chick-fil-A. I'll never forget going into a Chick-fil-A in Clean, Texas. And I walked in to get a breakfast burrito, and I went in uh, inside and ordered it. The manager at the time bagged it up and handed it to me. And I went to pay and he said, actually, today is free breakfast burrito day. Mm. And he just made it up just to do something nice. That's cool. And so that's one of my first memories, other than the fact that if you attend church in the South, you kind of have to go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A at least once a week. Yeah. Right? It's a rule. (laughs) I don't know what the scripture is that says that, but I know it's in the Bible somewhere. It's somewhere. Yeah. But I'm just always impressed by the customer service, the friendliness, um, the cleanliness, the quality of service that happens inside of a Chick fil A. Mm-hmm. And your restaurant is no exception. So you're originally from upstate New York, correct? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised okay. in
1: Medina, New York, a small town in Western New York. Okay. Uh, went to SUNY Potsdam. Stuck around and got my MBA at Clarkson. Lived in Syracuse for a brief period of time. Okay. Got hired at IBM in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mm. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm an upstate New Yorker that hadn't been here for 15 years and <laughs> had the unique opportunity to come back and bring Chick-fil-A with me.
0: Yeah, you got hired, uh, you said when you were Poughkeepsie, so you got transferred down to Raleigh, correct?
1: Yeah, but we had a a, a small... Kind of pit stop, if you will, in between in Shanghai, China. So (laughs) they say we went out there, my wife and I and two older kids at the time spent four years in Shanghai. Wow. And then on the way back, we moved to Raleigh. So I spent the last 10 years of my career in Raleigh, and that's where I kind of fell in love with Chick-fil-A. Is, was that your first
0: experience with them when you got there to Raleigh?
1: Yeah, so it was. I had heard of Chick-fil-A, but I hadn't really experienced it. And uh, kind of funny story, we were interviewing babysitters, and uh, the young lady we were interviewing um, was from North Carolina. She was going to NC State. Okay. And we get done with the interview, and she's like, y'all are so lucky. <laughs> and I thought she was going to say, like, you've got this beautiful house, you've got three beautiful children, she says. Y'all got a Chick-fil-A right across the street. And my <laughs> wife and I were like, that's kind of weird. You know, like, I don't even know if we want to hire her, that she's this excited about a fast food restaurant. Right. But we figured it out pretty quick. And we fell in love as as guests first.
0: Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It, uh you know, in the South, it's a very big deal. It's mm-hmm. a very big deal. My brother, I have a brother who's, uh, both my brothers live in New, uh, just outside New York City. And whenever we take a road trip, if there's a Chick-fil-A, my one brother, Gabe, will stop. Yeah, Even if he just hit one five miles earlier, he will stop.
1: Yeah, I hear those stories every day in the restaurant about people who, like, plan the route of their trip south for vacation (laughs) around, like, a a Chick-fil-A road trip kind of deal. Fortunately, they don't have to worry about it as much anymore because they can get it right in their backyard.
0: Yeah. I work in Syracuse, and, uh, you know, I live in the north side, so not too far. But if I'm coming— up to Cicero, I will make sure that I stop. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in Raleigh and you're working at IBM. And I've read, you know, a little bit from the Syracuse.com article, you know, they say you were just kind of done at IBM, yeah. right? Like when, were you first thinking restaurant industry when you're thinking that you're done at IBM? Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> um, I had a guy who worked for me at IBM who left like four years ago to work for Chick-fil-A at their corporate headquarters in Atlanta. Mm-hmm we were close and stayed in touch and he actually brought me down there like 3 years ago for a meet and greet hmm. and uh, but it wasn't like to become an operator it was you know maybe someday going and working in their corporate office cuz that's what I had done at IBM and hmm. i was pretty blown away yeah. you know by my one day there <laughs> you know how how we do business is is different you know and yeah. it's kind of special and when you're down there at their corporate headquarters, you get this feeling that everybody feels like they're part of something bigger than themselves. Mm. Um, it's pretty magical. So uh, I was touched, but I went back to work at IBM. And what happened was when I like looked at my wife in the kitchen in Raleigh and said, "I don't want to work here anymore." <laughs> I called my buddy at Chick Fil A, and it's like, "Hey, can you get me down there for an interview?" Mm. And he's like, yeah, let me work on some schedules. And he asked me a question that, you know, frankly changed my life. He was like, have you ever thought about being an owner-operator? And my quick answer was no. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, the more I meet our operators, the more I see you and them and them and you. So I went online and I literally hung up the phone, walked to my laptop, and went online and put in an expression of interest. And kind mm-hmm. of the rest is, is history, you yeah. know. It's uh, pretty unbelievable.
0: It's a pretty detailed process that it is. you go through to become an owner-operator. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it often takes multiple years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very different than any other interview process, certainly, that I had ever gone through. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, what I try to tell people is, you know, Chick-fil-A is trying to figure out whether either you're the kind of human being that they want to do business with for, mm. you know, forever. I mean, cause that's kind of the way they look at it. When, mm. when I sign that franchise agreement, it's kind of like a marriage. They want mm. me up here for the next 20 years, making a difference in people's lives,
0: wow. you know? Um, mm. so yeah, they're very intentional compared to other franchises. It's a minuscule buy-in for a Chick-fil-A. It is. And they really do want you to make a huge difference. I, you know, reading the story of, like, the first so many customers that come in and how they get that, what is it, a free chicken sandwich yeah. for a week, for a year. Yeah, they
1: get a free free meal a week for a year.
0: You said one of the first things was just that you wanted to work with that company. Yeah. You wanted to work with Chick-fil-A. Was there any time, even throughout the process of working with Chick-fil-A, that you ever thought about, like, doing something outside of that in the industry, or was it just you were so sold on their organization as a whole? You know, um... It is so hard to get a Chick-fil-A
1: restaurant and they remind you of that through the whole process mm-hmm. that I owed it to my family to continue to look <laughs> at other options. And I did, I, you know, really not in the restaurant industry, okay. um, but like I looked at going to work for other companies. I almost went to work for Facebook in Northern California. Okay. Um, we looked at a couple of small business and businesses in Raleigh because our kids were like in high school and we didn't necessarily want to relocate. But what happened for me was that the further I went through the selection process at Chick-fil-A, I just started having like this deep feeling, man, this might be what God wants me to do with the rest of my life, (laughs) you know? And, and then when I got the phone call and they're like, have you ever heard of Cicero in New York? And I'm, I'm sure, (laughs) I'm pretty sure they could have asked, a thousand people that they had in the candidate pool (laughs) if they had heard of cicero new york and maybe two of us would have said yes right and i was like yeah you know and (laughs) so when they said hey we think you might be competitive to open the first chick-fil-a in upstate new york i was like i get goosebumps just sitting here like telling you about it because you know i grew (laughs) up here i never thought i'd be able to come back and like especially with this this
0: kind of opportunity. Yeah. Did you have an idea, like, of where you wanted to open up to Chick-fil-A or is it just kind of, like, wherever they choose?
1: Well, you know, they, they ask you early in the process, right? Like, you know, all things being equal, you know, where might you want to be, right? Because yeah. they're trying to marry a location with an owner where they feel emotionally connected to it. That's, like, the ideal solution. Yeah. And I said early on, Upstate New York or North Carolina. And mm. I said upstate New York because I was born and raised there. And most of my friends and family are still there. And, and North Carolina because we were there and the kids were, you know, in school. But I knew when I said that two things. It's exceptionally hard to get a, a Chick-fil-A in North Carolina because the market's pretty saturated. Yeah. And I knew that there was aspirations to grow in upstate New York. But I had no idea when, where. Um, so, you know, I want in my heart, I wanted to come to upstate New York.
0: Yeah, it really is uh, pretty interesting to see, you know, when they make that move. And so, you know, when you see, in my opinion, when you see a company like Chick-fil-A that starts to make moves into the area, you wonder, I wonder what else is changing, what else is on the horizon, mm. you know, because it is important for them, you know, for a company like that to come and make the investment, especially when you have, not that it's a comparable company at all, but... um what was the Chinese chain that closed down? Uh
1: something Panda. Yeah,
0: Panda Express. Panda Express. You know, they yeah. shut down, you know, shortly after. So, you know, you see things like that happen. You have, you know, other chains. Tim Hortons leaves Syracuse yep. in a short amount of time. You just have Friendly's that leaves, you know, essentially overnight. And uh, you know, so it's pretty interesting to see Chick Fil A coming into the area.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I think it's been a really awesome fit yeah honestly you know like the community is like embraced and blessed us so mm-hmm. much um we're we're busy man yeah. you know and you know we're trying to take care of people and be intentionally kind to people uh yeah i think people in upstate new york generally have a very warm heart and you know when they come into our restaurant they see how we try to treat people. I I just think they think it's awesome, you <laughs> know? And, and so it's it's been a,
0: a great, great fit so far. It sounds like you kind of already had those ideas and things in your head of, especially the community aspect of Chick-fil-A and how much it helps. You already had that kind of in you. I mean, going to work with Chick-fil-A, did, is that something that, that just pulled out that you didn't know was there? Is it just added on to your already beliefs? Yeah,
1: well, you know, when I so when I decided to leave IBM and I was going through that thought process about what next, while I was in the Chick-fil-A selection process, I got some advice from somebody who said, you know, put thought to paper, like write down your top three priorities, right. In terms of what you want to do with the rest of your professional career. Hmm. And number one on the list was help other people. Hmm. And, uh, Certainly, that is very, very foundational to Chick-fil-A. You know, our corporate purpose is to glorify God, uh, to be a good steward of all that's entrusted to us and positively influence the lives of everyone who comes in contact with Chick-fil-A. And Mm -hmm. so it's it's an expectation of a Chick-fil-A operator that we're going to go out and we're going to positively impact the community. You know, Mm -hmm. our guests, the people who work there, you know, needs in the community. We help meet them. So like, Hmm. I have to pinch myself actually sometimes (laughs) that like, this is what I get to do with my life. You know, Hmm. like Chick-fil-A, I've been open 15 months, right? I have had exactly zero conversations with Chick-fil-A about how much money we should make at that restaurant. Really? Think about that. Right. And we're a busy restaurant, right? And we're making money, but that, that is a byproduct of being intentionally kind to people. I have had countless discussions with Chick-fil-A about how are you using that restaurant to carry forward Truett Cathy's legacy and to possibly impact people's lives. Hmm. Like that's the, the nature of the conversation we have. And Hmm. it took a little getting used to having worked at IBM (laughs) for 20 years (laughs) that like, you know, it's really that different, but it's, it's been incredible.
0: So let me ask you when, you know, Without naming or saying anything uh, about a specific establishment or a restaurant, but what are some of the things that you generally see if you go out to eat in the area uh, that you see that are generally different from how you operate your business?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, um, one of the things that we talk a lot about at Chick-fil-A with our team is developing an emotional connection with our guests. Mm-hmm. And I think at a lot of places um, that I go to, it's handled in a very transactional manner. Yeah. You know, it's okay, we're paying for food, you pay for the food, we give you the food, and <laughs> and and that's enough, yeah. right? That's not enough at Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we, we think it's important to get to know our guests and, you know, to understand what's going on in their lives and mm-hmm. to, to try to help them and, and mm-hmm. be supportive of them. And so that is certainly very different.
0: Um, I love the, my, I love the um, thought Chick-fil-A has about uh, if a customer walks in instead of envisioning a $20 bill on their forehead and saying, How much of that can I take? Instead, it's saying how much value can I give them for that Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all about, like, value. And it it really permeates through everything we do in the restaurant. So, like, if you were, you know, you're asking about things that are different. If you were to come in our kitchen and and see how we prepare much of our food, it is not quick service-like, like, Mm -hmm. like how we do it Hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, we get all our produce here locally with Syracuse Banana. Okay. You know, we, you know, we prep that produce in the restaurant. We make our salads fresh daily. Hmm. Um, you know, our chicken comes in and we hand bread it hmm. in in the restaurant. So it's not like really? it doesn't go from freezer to fryer in our restaurant. Wow. Right? Um, so, you know, how we prepare the food, I think, is certainly different than most quick service restaurants. Yeah. Um, hmm. um, you know, With that said, there are a lot of really, really great restaurants in Syracuse. And and so, you know, we need to constantly raise the bar at our restaurant, you know, to because, you know, Mm. people here in Syracuse got a lot of options and they love their food and they Mm. expect to be treated well. And and so you you better do it, you know, or Mm -hmm. they're going to go somewhere else.
0: What's your uh, I mean, if you have a hope for what? You leave behind through owning this business in the community, what is it Ah oh, man you know i I hope you know that
1: there are people um who work in my business um people that we people in organizations that we serve in the community that you know twenty years from now they think to themselves. What a blessing it was that Chick-fil-A came to this community. Like that they really care. I know, you know, at the at the top of our discussion, you had talked about people maybe giving you a hard <laughs> time about this podcast, you know. <laughs> the reality is, I'm a local guy. Mm-hmm. I live here. Yeah. I'm from here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I run that
0: restaurant. I get it. It's a franchise. Yeah. Um, I mean, the argument with that is One of the easiest arguments of why to support, because I do, I agree with you 100%. You live here, you have a family, right? You know, you're paying your mortgage and buying all those things. Everybody who works at the
1: restaurant is from here, right?
0: The biggest argument to support local is the tax dollars. Yeah. Right. And I get it. Yeah. And so...
1: Although I do pay taxes here, (laughs) I promise. I I know you do. (laughs) Let me just make that
0: clear. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you've said, hopefully uh, at the end of everything that... You can look in the community and say you helped bring the community up. Yeah, you know through your. That's business. certainly my goal. That's certainly our goal. And who knows if that would have happened or happened so many years later had a business like Chick Fil A not come in? Yeah, and kind of set that example. Because yeah. uh, at the end of the day, I think that is it's a you know I I have a client. It was within the first week that you had opened. Uh, he owns a diner in Syracuse, and I said, "Can I take you to lunch?" And he said, "Yeah." And we sat. Uh, at inside in the dining room for, I don't know, an hour and a half, you know, had lunch and we're just watching everything happen. Mm. And I was just saying, this is it, man. This is what we should be doing. Yeah. You know, cause it really is something that's should be attained. Yeah. For most restaurants. Yeah. You know, well, one of the things, uh, when you first started hiring is you went to the local high school, correct? Yeah. And we're asking for like candidates or whatever the case was. Uh, I mean, how important was that of of a decision? Was that for you? Was that something that like you came up with? Was it something kind of in the plan through Chick-fil-A through opening up a new restaurant?
1: You know, um, it certainly wasn't in necessarily Chick-fil-A's plan. You know, the hiring of people who you hire, how you compensate them. That's entirely up to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I knew that I wanted to support the local schools. Um, in the local community, and so yeah, I was blessed to have made a couple contacts at CNS up in Cicero, and um, they allowed me to come in for a couple days into the high school and sit in the career center, and Mm -hmm. I probably interviewed like 75 kids, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It has been one of the best business decisions I've ever made, and and Mm -hmm. I can't take too much credit for it, Because the young people that I hired from that school um, are very much foundational to the the culture we've built there. Many of them are still there. Hmm. Some have gone off into college and some have gone off to do something else. But, you know, a ton of them are still there. Hmm. Some of them have graduated and are, you know, working at the restaurant while they're pursuing, you know, a college degree and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I... I don't know how I would have done it without those young people. Um, they're great, great young men and women. Um, they bought into what we are trying to do at Chick Fil A in terms of being intentionally kind to people. And you know, some of them are like leading my restaurant now. You know, it's kind of crazy. They're like 19 years old running one of the busiest restaurants in Syracuse. You know, it's but it's fun. It's fun working with them. It keeps me young. Yeah.
0: Are there uh, any set of principles or things that you try to run the business by every day
1: yeah there are two core values that we have at the restaurant Mm -hmm. the first thing is the little things matter Mm -hmm. and um, really what that's about is you know in a Chick-fil-a restaurant there is a right way to do everything Mm -hmm. and I mean everything how you clean the bathroom how you make the original chicken sandwich how you greet guests Mm -hmm. and so you know, it, if I shared some of them with you in and of themselves, you might say, well, what's the big deal? Right. But what I try to impress upon the team and the culture we tried to build is it's those thousand little things that when put together, create the remarkable experience that it is when people come into a Chick-fil-A restaurant, you know, so the little things matter. Hmm. The other one is intentional kindness. And, you know, you'd mentioned earlier about our great customer service. It would surprise people to know we never talk about customer service at Chick fil A. Mm. What we talk about is intentional kindness. And what that is, is this recognition that every interaction you have with another person is an opportunity to shine a little light in their life. Mm. And that is like much, much deeper than good customer service, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so. You know, when you work at Chick-fil-A, we expect you to treat everyone with intentional kindness, particularly when they're not being intentionally kind to you. Right. (laughs) And I'm talking about our guests, how we treat each other. You Mm -hmm. know, if listen, I've worked in the restaurant business before, You you get in some kitchens and intentional kindness is probably not, you know, a core value that you sometimes see. But, you know, it's it's a expectation that we hold each other to that even in the most stressful times that we're being intentionally kind to one another. So yeah, the little things matter in intentional kindness.
0: Hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of going backwards a little bit, but what did your parents do for a living?
1: Um, so that's a complicated question. (laughs) So my, my biological father wasn't a huge part of my life and he, He did a little bit of everything. He he liked working on cars. He painted houses. Um, My legal father worked at General Motors at um, Harrison Radiator in Lockport, New York, for about 32 years. And my mom had, you know, probably 20 different jobs over the course of my, you know, childhood and adulthood. So, you know, although she was a bartender for... Uh, a number of years. Okay. So I, I've spent out in Lockport, uh, in Medina, okay, in Medina and a couple of local places. So, you know, I remember as a young kid getting off of school and going to see her at work and, you know, hmm. shooting pool and drinking soda in a local <laughs> establishment in my yeah. hometown, you That's know, awesome. hanging out with, you know, the the locals at happy hour. So yeah. I, I will say this. I've always felt very comfortable in restaurants. Okay. You know, I've always enjoyed being in that scene and, you know, I'm a foodie. Like I
0: love good food, you know, Um, so Hmm. it's kind of it's worked out. Yeah, for sure. I remember when I was uh, we grew up in I was born and raised in northern Kentucky, just on the other side of the river from Cincinnati. And we moved here when I was 13 but my parents, when I was probably, I always get the ages mixed up, but maybe 9, 10, 11 years old, somewhere in there, they had a, a 50-style diner in northern Kentucky called mm. Cereo's Diner. And, you know, the, it was kind of the traditional menu. It was like all your diner food and your local favorites and then, you know, all the Italian me- you know, meals and everything on the other side. So it was this massive menu. But I remember I was homeschooled, uh, air quotes, at the time. But for that year, really, my education just centered around the restaurant mm-hmm. because I would get up there after the lunch rush and wash the dishes. And, oh, yeah. you know, there was this one-hour window when we didn't have a, a waiter, a dishwasher, a cook. And so I would take, you know, some kids would come up from a local high school and I would go serve them and then help Dad cook the food and then yeah. wash the dishes afterwards. Yeah, you
1: know, the restaurant
0: business... It's hands on, you yeah.
1: know, like, I, I think that's another thing that's a little bit unique about the Chick-fil-A franchise model. Like I'm an operator, mm-hmm. like I'm, you know, yeah. I don't own 10 of them. Right. Right. Uh, the expectation is I'm there. Mm-hmm. You will see me on fries. Yeah. Sometimes I take out the trash, you know, <laughs> like, you know,
0: you do, you do what needed. you need to do. Yeah, Exactly. So, I mean, and that's kind of, is that the philosophy of Chick-fil-A is to be hands-on all the time? Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah that's, you know, that is absolutely the model. Like, mm-hmm. you know, none of us own 10 of them, yeah. you know. Um, and if you own more than one, they're in pretty close proximity to one another so that you can be present. Mm-hmm. You know, I am the final interview of everybody who works at that restaurant. I know every person that works at the restaurant. You know, I my fingers on the pulse of that place, yeah. you know, like I, I know what's going well and what's not going so well, <laughs> you know? Um, and it, it, I think it makes a difference in, you know, the culture we've been able to build and the, certainly the quality of service we provide.
0: Yeah. Chick-fil-A does such a great job of innovating on their own. Mm. Um, I think of just things like uh, the app and, even just the convenience things of like a mom being able to go through the drive through and then have the food on a table when she brings her kids in. Yeah, Is it ever a struggle or is it ever a challenge for you to not innovate or change things in a different way? Or is it pretty, do you feel kind of that, do you feel um, I guess a little bit secure knowing that kind of this is, this is what they've laid out and this is what you do. We are
1: always trying to innovate. Yeah you know um at the local level um you know in our business seconds and space Mm -hmm. right because the volumes we do yeah are are gold Mm -hmm. right and so like if you look at our drive-through yes we're very innovative you know we use ipads to take orders upstream we have a cash cart where we take payment before you get to the window but honestly we're constantly looking for how you know how can we get better, and we you know we send people out who work there to assess our drive through and look for the pinch points. And so, mm-hmm. in the not too distant future, we're going to be making some additional innovations to our drive through process. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be adding receipt printers to the hip okay. of the person who takes the order. So, now you won't if you pay with credit card you won't even have to stop at the cash cart. you'll be able to go directly mm. to the window if you know if, yeah. you, if you need a receipt so I, I could go on and on and even mm. in the kitchen processes right it's it's how do we get better mm. every day and uh, mm. you know it's just kind of inherent to our culture and part of it's driven again by the volume. So, you know, there are laws of physics, <laughs> in know, in a kitchen right. <laughs> that you need to try to like optimize to serve 5,000 guests on a Saturday. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was just having this conversation. So I, I work my nine to five job as I work for Cafe Cabal.
1: Okay. And love that place, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Great I'd, coffee.
0: Yeah. Great coffee. I do the uh, wholesale and then their marketing. And we were just having a conversation about ticket times and things like that. And you know, we are, uh, you know, the, our tagline is coffee for the soul. So we're not a quick serve, you know, fast, sure. but we were talking about ways to get faster. And the first thing that popped in my head was, uh, the, the movie, the founder, yeah. you know, where Ray Kroc, yeah, for sure. Where you have Ray Kroc, you know, the, or the, uh, the brothers, I forget their names, but they're trying, they're sitting there on the tennis court and laying everything out. Yeah. You know, there are those things that you just, you know, it's constantly improve yes absolutely yeah so if you were going to give advice uh, to any business owner in the restaurant industry not in the restaurant industry uh, one thing that you feel has helped you in your professional career Hmm. you know I
1: I was raised in a, in a small town in western New York and you know in an environment where like relationships and people were really, really valued. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has been probably my single greatest asset in, in -hmm. my business career, whether it's at IBM or certainly in this business, you know, Mm -hmm. the people who work for you first and foremost want to know that they're cared deeply for Mm -hmm. as human beings, you know, not, not, -hmm. you know, people who work at your business and so hmm. you know, I often say like if you can get the people thing right take care of people the processes and profit and all that it, it tends to work out right hmm. I mean if you can get a group of people that feel like deeply connected to what you're trying to do man it, it's like magical hmm. you know and so I, I think if there are any advice I would give is you know poor all your heart and soul into the people who work for you and things tend to take care
0: of themselves. That's good advice. Um, you have limited things in your pantry or in your fridge and you have to cook dinner. What are you, what's your go to, what's the one thing that you cook more than anything else,
1: man? I could eat steak every single night. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just a steak guy. Yeah. You know, I don't, <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I'd like yeah. to, but my wife kind of, you know, says, Hey, you need to mix it up a little bit. Um, I love a good steak. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Asian food. Okay. Um, from frankly, from our time in Asia, I love yeah, Thai food. I love Indian food. I love, Ch- you know, some Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, hmm. I love Asian food. Um listen, man, I'm always seeking a great chicken wing. Yeah. You know, I, I there's yeah. some, I, I grew up up here, you right. know, like, yeah, honestly, one of the greatest things about being back is I can cons- consistently get great chicken wings and great pizza. Yeah, for sure. You know, so, um, and, you know, honestly here locally, you know, something that I didn't totally get turned on to, um, growing up cause I grew up in Western New York, but utica greens yeah are so good <laughs> man i'm telling it depends you depends on where you go but yes. but, but yeah, yeah when done right right like oh my gosh yeah. like <laughs> i'm like betty order me some utica greens yeah, you, know? you know it's like
0: you know it does them really well as close to as toss and fire pizza okay yeah he, all right Nick does a pretty good job with them yeah i love yeah. utica greens yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to go to Utica, and everybody does them a little bit differently. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but Nick does a good job with his for cool. the area. Yeah. I'll give it a go. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite restaurant of all time, whether it's Raleigh or you know anywhere that you've lived? Hmm. Favorite
1: restaurant of all time. You know, I'd have to go. Yeah, I mentioned the chicken wings, so... <laughs> Growing up in Medina, there was a place called Mr. Ed's. It was more of a bar than a restaurant. Okay. Like one town over in Middleport, New York. And they had a hmm. recipe for their wings. Hmm. To this day I, I kinda don't I don't know exactly what it was. I've kind of figured out some of what it was, but hmm. it was like they, they would get this caramelization on the wing hmm. using some grape jelly. Really, so it would come out like super caramelized, crunchy, and spicy, but with a hint of like sweetness. I don't know how they prepared wow. it to make it that way, yeah. but like literally, my huh. mouth waters talking about Mister <laughs> Edge chicken wing sitting here. Is it still there? It,
0: uh, it is under a different name. Okay, but they kept they kept the wing. They kept the recipe. Yeah. Wow, I'll have to check that. I'm right now. Uh, So Chicken Wing Fest is at the Inner Harbor this week. Yes. Yes. And so I'm doing, uh, there's 10 restaurants that are competing for it. So this week, I started Saturday on our Instagram stories. I'm trying those 10. And, you know, on Saturday when the judges at the festival announce who they say the winner is, I'm going to say who I think the winner is. Okay. So I have to hit up like three or four different places today. That's a pretty good run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It should be fun. I went to a spot Saturday up in Brewerton. They're submitting a fireball. Fireball whiskey flavored wing. I've never been a fan of uh, fireball whiskey in uh, this wing. Definitely.
1: So the fireball, like. The whiskey itself. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They make a sauce out of it. Wow. It's not good. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not good at all. It's like this, uh, you can taste the cinnamon from the yeah. whiskey in there and it's sweet. But they make this wing, it's their bourbon sauce. Okay. And that thing is out of this world. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good chicken wing. Cool. So yeah, it's called it's Jake's grub and grog. So it's you know, it's a on the water, nice. hole in the wall bar, right? But that's where the best ones are. Yeah. Generally. Yeah, generally. Yeah. For sure. So last question for you is if you could have dinner with anyone throughout history, uh a living or not, who would that be?
1: Hmm. You know, I'd have to say Jim Kelly. Yeah, I'm I'm a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan. He was kind of like a hero of my childhood. One of my sons is named Hunter after oh, his son. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I've never right. met him face-to-face, but I, I'd love to just sit down over wings, yeah. you know, somewhere <laughs> in a hole in the wall yeah. in western New York and mm-hmm. talk about, you know, his time, you know, playing and going to all those Super Bowls. Like,
0: mm. that
1: would be pretty special.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Well, there it is. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. You know, if you're in the industry and you're listening to the podcast... I love our local scene. There are so many amazing restaurants. The list is uh, too long to name all of them here. But I think of places like, you know, Difi and The Chef and The Cook and Toss and Fire Pizza. And, you know, again, the list goes on and on and on. But there are so many amazing restaurants in our area that are doing great things and pushing the envelopes for the culinary scene and really helping the... Uh, food world here in syracuse and central new york grow and expand and those restaurants need to be supported every day and celebrated i just thought it would be fun to sit down and talk with jimmer because he represents uh, chick-fil-a and i've always uh, held that company in high regard for what they do so i hope you enjoyed the conversation if you didn't that's fine you can uh, listen to some of the next episodes or hit the unsubscribe button if you're there really that offended. Uh, if you're still listening, then do us a favor, <laughs> leave me a review, let me know what you think of the podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts and give us a follow over on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Eat Local CNY, or find us online at EatLocalCNY.com. Until next time, thank you so much for checking out the Eat Local CNY podcast.